as opposed to reading it for the first time before I was a theater person. It is fascinating. Like when they get to the Capitol and they're going through all of the, and there's that day where they <laughs> they spend four hours with Hamish and four hours with Effie. Yeah, her four hours with Effie is just learning how to walk in heels. Yeah, and I was like, that's theater. As a theater person <laughs> who had to learn how to do this for the Kinky Boots number, which was literally only two minutes of me. Actually, not even a full two minutes, like a minute and a half of me doing a dance number in boots. Heart and heels. Okay, not that we cheat, but do we just make today smack Katniss Peter Gale? That's what I. That's what I was looking for to see yeah, if there was one in here. I think we should just do that. I don't yes, remember please. if we did that during the episode yeah. or not, but I think it could be different now that we'll have had the full. Because like for that episode, we were so focused on just doing smacks. This will have the full. Please do weight of our discussion. That's I mean, all I already, I'm looking for. I already for. know what. I mean, we already know what mine's going to be. <laughs> I, yeah. Because my brain was going to go like <laughs> Katniss, Peto, whoever that guy is from District 4 that you beat in like the second Finnick? book. Yeah, that one. Ooh, baby. <laughs> so my brain just keeps calling him Sam because the actor Sam Sam Playley. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know him as. Is so I'm like, Sam, no. One of my friends used to run a Tumblr called Finnick O'Dare He Is. <laughs> of course. I like this she, one. She but said we're she just told her boyfriend for about that for the first time, and he just like looked at her. Does she for- still run Finnick? Oh, dare he is. I think her Tumblr still exists, but unlike me, she has not logged in for like ten years. So <laughs> that's me. Except you know, except for the fact that I still have it on my mobile. I just don't remember my password. So if I get you know locked out, I'm screwed. Yeah. Oh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Semi Bookish. Um, can we give a good old hooty hoo for the audience out there? Hooty-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you participate, Anthony? I, you know, not for all the forest of Mockingjays in the world. Wouldn't it be great if you're in the forest? No. And all the Mockingjays started picking up and you hear it throughout the forest resounding in various tones and I'm one of those people that if you go to MJR with me I am not clapping and I will judge you for clapping Chelsea taught me how to clap because I didn't know that was a thing that's a thing oh my goodness there's not an MJR where I grew up I didn't know so I I started clapping I started doing the clapping ironically because I didn't know it was a thing Yes. So story time is Uh-oh. that <laughs> we're gonna let it ride, audience. <laughs> I, I went to I, wrong wrong book series, but I went to go see Harry Potter the seventh seventh one part one, mm-hmm. and it, I watched the midnight premiere with my friends. Obviously, and we yeah. went, and I sat in the front row, and I hated sitting in the front row because my, I'm short, so my neck gets yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, I didn't know that the clapping was a thing because every time that I've gone to the movie theaters beforehand, and this is in like 16, 17 years of my life, <laughs> I have never had to deal with the clapping. And so I sat there and I went, <clears throat> okay, what's going on? I was very confused. And so I kind of really slowly, silently did the claps too because I didn't know it was a thing and I just wanted to fit in because I'm like, Valid. And then I started going back, and then I went, okay, let's just do this and see if anybody else joins in every single time and every single time now that I, I just start doing it unironically now, and I don't mean to. It's just I kind do, of second. I, you know, it's when when I go to a theater, like, there's always a clapping. I feel like that's a normal thing. You clap. Or you, you express, you talk. It's almost like a Rocky Horror Show experience. You talk back to the audience or talk back to the 
whatever. There's a wonderful Eddie Murphy skit mm-hmm. in which he talks about the difference between black and white movie audiences and the first time he recognized because he as a black person went to a white movie theater and was surprised that no one else was yelling at the screen because <laughs> that's what he was used to. It's a hilarious skit because it's true. Oh. I remember when I actually going back to like a Twilight topic, I remember somebody in the audience during which movie was it? Oh, Jacob, take your shirt off. And I was like, oh no, Alice, take your shirt off. Oh, oh no, you did not. I'm trying to remember. So the time I went to go see Harry Potter 7 part 2 oh, no. with one of my best friends, the same friend who used to run this Tumblr if we were still recording when I said that earlier. I'd have like four friends. <laughs> Hanging out with Ari, went to go see Harry Potter 7 part 2 packed theater we're sitting a good few rows away from like her cousin or something like that i mm-hmm. later found out mm-hmm. and i forget which death it was but you <laughs> i was like quietly like sob whimpering to myself during the death yeah and later on ari's talking with her cousin and her cousin goes did you hear that girl crying in the theater <laughs> <laughs> Not so quietly sob whimpering. So I want to say it's probably Snape. It was never. Why would you Snape. cry? Over- well, <coughs> it was not. It was probably George. It was Fred. Uh, it was Fred. 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 Whoops. <laughs> Turn in your Harry Potter fan card. Yeah, that that was a major beyond Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome would to the ish of semi bookish. I did. Right. Why? Well, you know, they're all. Book-related films. Yeah. Well, you know, adaptations. we're ish, you know. Well, he's ish. But, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so right. getting back on track, dear audiences, um, I would say that maybe in the first, like, 30 seconds of conversation, you might have guessed what we're going to talk about today. However, we derailed, as we're wont <laughs> <Us>? to do. <laughs> Derail? Never. <laughs> but I'm not even sure when the, the idea came for the Hunger Games book discussion. But this is... Like a few months ago. This, yeah, this yeah, was... Yeah, we talked about it for some reason. We were all like, we should do that. It's been percolating for a while, yeah. yeah. And we finally decided this is going to be the time we're going to do it. So we all, most of us have consumed the book before. Some of us have read it very, you know, recently just to be refreshed and have textual evidence. <clears throat> Jen, I wish I could hear the, kn- the knuckles crack. <laughs> if I could do it, but, actually. <laughs> and then we even have one in our midst. We won't... Shame him. <laughs> who has not fully finished the book. But he even admits that he might have read it at one point or another. But just, and I'm going to, shots fired really quick. This is basically the running man for teenagers. Maybe even younger. The what? Running man. How, is it, is it, is it? I, no. Do you know is Running Man? Running, Richard running Bachman, one? Stephen King. I, yeah. No. Uh, Stephen no? King. Is that I've the one where, 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 the, where the guy pulls his chin? I've, I've heard oh. of it. I've Hold heard on, of my, it. My hair is I'm growing out with grayer the, so as the running we speak. Man, no, 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 no. I know the, I know the concept of the Running Man. I've not read it. But it, isn't that the one where um, a group of teenagers in a town have to... You're thinking Red Dawn? No, I don't know. Oh, can you hear the wind whistling? Teenagers in a town and you went okay. to Red Dawn? Well, I know you said teenagers in a town. I'm thinking like 80s movies. Running Man, popularized by the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, you know, whatever, um, based oh. loosely based on the Stephen King, a.k.a. Richard Bachman, a book uh, 
finds people for popular sport that are thrown into like in the movie they're thrown into this clear defined arena and whoever lives they win they it's like a tv show it's a televised experience it's like so when i watched and read hunger games for the first time i was like oh this is running man for it. I mean, it's good. That's not a complaint. Okay. But I, I wondered how much of that book slash 80s movie was inspiration for Suzanne Collins um, writing this. I'm sure it's not that unique of a concept. There's a coliseum. People fight to the death. It, no one has a monopoly on I that. Thought it was, what, I thought it was based off something called Battle Royale. All right, so no. Battle so uh, like mm-hmm. Royale is like the book that oh, people, like as soon as The Hunger Games came out, everyone was like, Battle Royale, but for white people. Um, <laughs> Um, which I haven't read Battle Royale. I don't think anyone Neither has right. ever made the complaint. Has have you read? Aaron Battle has Royale? something. I watched the movie. I read the book. Um, She's read Battle Royale. Everyone, how um, close are they really? Oh, they're very similar, but like there's a lot of difference. Uh, so the con- so Running Man comes first, actually. Chronologically, yeah. Like in times of book publishing. Yeah. So I had to look that up because I was like, mm, what came first? Um, mm-hmm. But Battle Royale has the concept of it's very similar concepts, but they're very vastly different, actually. So like an executed. executed. Yeah. Okay. So like with Hunger Games, you have like all the different districts, and it's like a dystopia of the United States, and it's mm. at, or like supposedly, yes, and no. yeah. <laughs> all these different types of things. Battle Royale is set in like just Japan. Japan itself. Oh, right. It's not okay. broken up. There's no dystopian. Okay. Also, like, it's not a dystopian. Well, it is, but oh. th- there's not, but not like, like the way that Hunger it, Games. Yeah, is. it's not like a broken up like society type thing. Okay. So what happens is they end up choosing like one middle school class or is it high school class? Middle school or high school class, and I can't remember. Oh my God, middle right. school would be so blood. Ninth grade mm-hmm. students. Ninth grade students. So. Oh, ninth. Ooh. Third year middle school. Yeah, still bloodthirsty. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so oh. third year middle schoolers. So they go on like a field trip, and they're on the bus to the field trip, and then they turn around and they get kidnapped. I use that term loosely, but they were okay. picked. They were picked. Okay. Oh. And it's part of like a weird, like compliant, like similarly enough, it's a compliance program for the rest of the country who's been kind of like taken over by like a military dictatorship type thing. Oh. Um, and they're chosen and they're used kind of as a televised debate to fight against each other to the death, it's televised to the whole entire country, but it's used as a way to make people comply with, do you want your kids to be like this? Well, do what we say, and that kind of thing. And so they <laughs> they literally take all these kids, they put them in a room, and they're like, here, we're gonna do all this great stuff, and we're gonna make you guys fight to the death. And they're like, no, we don't wanna do this. And then they're like, well, you don't have a choice. And if you watch the movie, it's really gruesome compared to the book. The book is just as gruesome as the movie, mm, but sure. like, yeah. you well, get you really surprised movie-wise. I will, I have it, and we should watch it sometime. But it's very. It's interesting. You know, when you're getting really cheerful and describing certain of your statements, were really cheerful. <laughs> My mind drifted to Caesar Flickerman, <laughs> and no matter how much of a part of the problem he is, I like the character. I. I like, think you're supposed I, to. Yeah, I I want like, to meet Caesar Flickerman. Because um, like yes, he does like all of the 
interviews with everything, but that'd be like being mad at Ryan Seacrest if Kelly Clarkson turns out to be a murderer. Yeah. But I almost think that we should be a little bit angry. Anyone in the Capitol who derives um, any kind of pleasure or entertainment or excitement um, from the Hunger Games. I mean, I, I think we should. That's why I have to look down on even Caesar because he's... I don't he's, know if that's fair because the entire country... Say that to District 12. I understand that. However, the entire country participates in this. You understand that they've gone through, by the time the first book happens, they've gone through 73 of these and now they're on 74. And they're terrified. They have very good reason. I mean, the Katniss sort of lays out for you why they're all terrified and why a rebellion Mm -hmm. hasn't yet come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Because this is their punishment for the first war. Yeah. But 73 years? Yeah, like but, younger but, all of those but you kids? clearly you clearly said participates versus how many of the country enjoys. They all watch it. They're legally obligated. Yeah, to. I know. I get it. I know. I understand that. I've just you know. I, I, so that's a little okay. unfair to say that they're like willing participants when like they don't want their kids to die. But at the same time, if you're you know. Effie Trinket or Caesar Flickerman, your life is also under threat. Just because you live in the capital doesn't mean that it isn't. Like the Avoxes, for example, yeah. were traitors who become, well, they lose their tongues, but like they become servants in the capital. So the choice is it, either so you do this or you die. So how much are we of that still, is true? Are we not supposed to hate Effie? And I mean, oh, Effie has a redemption arc within the three books. I'll, 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 I'll back off of Effie. Um, <laughs> But, like, with Caesar and other people in the vein of Caesar Flickerman, in the vein of early Effie... Jessica's called her Pringle. But, <laughs> that actually would fit. But in the vein of those two characters, like, at the start of the Hunger Games trilogy, um, they are still part of the problem. Their ignorance and their apathy. Like, Effie develops a sense of sympathy well, and empathy. I think it's one of those things, too. I'm thinking specifically more of Katniss's prep team. Not mm-hmm. Cinna, but the three yeah, who Yeah, and, yeah. Who she very much, like, she looks down on at some points for yeah. being just sort of, like, feather-brained yeah. people. Yeah. But I think, because they, they're all, what, one of them is only early 20s, at least, and I don't yeah. think the other two are any older. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the opportunity to, like, sort of have that moment of, hey, wait a minute, is the society I live in totally effed up? Well, because you live in the capital, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't... Like, they're not yeah. going to know. Yeah. The, like, that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they don't have any... Like, they're literally preparing her to possibly go off and die. Like, yeah, they're aware that that's happening. Yeah. But they don't have any, like, higher-level reasoning of, like, hey, is this a bad system, actually? But also, is these like are... Survi- you have to think that yeah. these are also survivors. Portia survived. Every single kid who's been born in the last 73 years and survived to adulthood, Senna included, could have been up for the Hunger Games. Their names were in the... Were in the no, they, they, no, they, they were capital, they were capital residents. Capital residents don't get reaped in. Capital residents don't have to play. Did you read That's the book? That's District 1. No, it's no, not. No, District 1 is not the capital. There's 12 districts and the capital. Oh, There's technically bizarre. 13. They're the spokes on the wheel. Capital's the hub. Apart from it all, kind of, mostly. All right. Okay. That's really weird. I mean, it's not, but it's interesting. Okay. So they don't have the same level of, I mean, yeah, there's a certain, like what you said, a lack of 
understanding. Yeah, because also it's not like they're going to have the opportunity. Like the Capitol schools are not about to teach them that the system is flawed. Yeah. yeah. So if they like never a, break out of the little Capitol bubble that they're living in. It's like a little like privilege. Like, yes. They all, all have like the privilege of being able to live under there, but they're, it's also an ignorance. But like, there's also a certain level of, um, I mean, in a real world application to this, if we turned our eyes to Nazi Germany, there are so many people who didn't know, I'm sure, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, um, didn't know the atrocities that yeah, were I happening. Think, like, but what kind of right, bubble yeah. were you living in if you didn't realize, you know? But that's just what, that, I mean, that. but that's what privilege is. It is that bubble. And you legitimately have no idea. But when do we vilify people someone, because of that bubble? Like, I mean, when does, it, does that I, bubble I protect think, them or does it... I think it's foolish to begin to vilify someone for being in that bubble be until it bursts. Like, if the bubble bursts, there's a certain amount of time where you have to, like, recognize and realize, okay. like, oh, huh, wow, this is what this has been the whole time? Whoa, this is hard for me? How much harder was it for you kind of thing? But if the bubble never bursts, you know, why should you care? Yeah, I mean, I think you can be, like, Katniss, again, judges her prep team incredibly for like sure. not having their bubble burst but then she also kind of comes to her own realization too like they're not just crying because they're her like she's their meal ticket or whatever like right. they will miss her like they have come to know her and to like her yeah and she realizes it like she's no she's kind of not being fair to them just thinking that they're somehow like less intelligent than she is for not having that bubble burst like there's a weird level of self-awareness there there's a brilliant paragraph in so they're in the capital and she's sort of just met her prep team and she sits down I think it's not quite with Senna but it's with with the prep team their first meal together and she looks at the meal and she goes huh and she spends a paragraph dissecting how she would like what it would take for her to trade for that exact yes. same meal yeah. at home and still understand that like it would be a pale yeah, like, like it would not be the exact same thing. By yeah, experience. and it's like that much work for the one meal that literally she didn't even have to ask for it. They just showed up like house elves and here you right. go. And it's just like, <laughs> well, and, I mean, yeah, anyway, I was going to divert to house elves and talk about injustices. But anyway, the point is that like, like Ron Weasley is a perfect example of this, right? Hermione is like, the house elves need to be freed. This is a problem. And Ron's like... What's the big deal? They're house elves. They all work for us. It's not that, like, who cares? Because he's a wizard in a wizarding family. Like, yeah. he doesn't know. I mean, like, Yeah, but then taking it. it back to Katniss, <laughs> that paragraph, I'm remembering where she's describing how she would have, what she would have to do to make that meal and how it would take her all day yeah. to get all of that stuff. And she's like, huh, this just showed up here. If I grew up in the capital, like my prep team, and like Cinna, right. and I didn't have to spend all day doing this. What would, would I, I do? be just like them? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she's like, well, what would I do all day? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be the same as them, worrying about what party I'm going to and what color to dye my skin next and all that oh kind of thing. Because I would have all of the immediate burden of staying alive taken off of my shoulders. Really quick. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. You knew, you, you knew what you're getting into, Lord. You've Ish. seen the movies, yes. right? Yeah. I, I, I've seen the first one. Oh, okay. Well, then you're fine. So... Where are where in the book are you? Um, not very far. Oh, I think I might have spoiled something earlier. <laughs> no, I, I, it's okay. <laughs> it's been out for like it's, thirteen years. I, I mean, to I be fair, know, he, we gave heads well, up. We we knew what we we're getting into. Well, you see, here's what happened. So I was. Laying, <laughs> I was. Laying, 
I was laying there in bed and I was like, okay, it's probably time to, you know, continue reading this. And then I heard a voice in the, you know, to the side of my head. Move your hand away from the book. (laughs) You have previous. (laughs) You must read the hundred thousand penis manager. So the. I'm sure. Obviously, I had to obey. My my hands were tied. Well, you did choose the better of the two books if I have to go. So what you're saying is the astral projection of Anthony came in and told you not to read that book. Exactly. While Anthony's body is physically, like, (laughs) gripping the covers of The Hunger Games. Yeah, it's fine. So through no fault of his own except maybe demonic influence. (laughs) Possession of some sort? Yeah. I'm sticking by it. The Lord is... Oh my! We need to create like, a need, whole little do, art no, where he we, travels to like, like Lord Isha's Inferno. Do, here's something I've been wondering about: YA novels in general, or like yeah. the really successful ones that sure. I've noticed. Yeah. It seems like a lot of them have a focus on, like either divisions or I don't know, just different groups. Like like Harry Potter mm-hmm. has the different houses within the mm-hmm. school and then the different districts pitted against each other in mm-hmm. the Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, what, what do you think... What do you think people are drawn to that? I think initially, when this thing started happening, so Harry Potter and the Hunger Games, and maybe even Divergent squeaks in before all of the clones happen. Yeah, um, just barely. Just barely. But I would say that part of that structure is twofold. One, it's sort of accidental, like... It was part of the idea, and that's what they put in there, and it works for the story. But if you look at it from a narrative perspective of all these people are trying to make copycats of the story, it works, I think, so well because high school feels that way. You know, click, I mean, click, especially click, I mean, click, 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 click. Yeah, click. you have the clicks, you have what grade you're in. If you went to, depending on the size of the high school that you went to, like my high school, we had a track and field day and all the classes were pitted up against each other kind of thing and that may be the only time that you feel any kind of class solidarity the whole year but it was real like you wanted your class to win even if you knew they were all terrible at soccer um <laughs> yeah so there's like a story there. there's a there's even a conversation in terms of like the broader understanding of human history like we are a binary people like we're always trying and like literature is a good clear example where you go through and there's always the protagonist and then the other, or there's this and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of us I mean, versus them. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not really new or inventive. It's just it's just the way it falls. And I can we think like I mean that's for another discussion. But can we think of something where that isn't as readily apparent? Um, that would be a really meta discussion. Oh, I mean, I think there are plenty of examples of books where it's you know. But I feel like I, I, I don't have any evidence right now to throw at that. But like I, mean, I was thinking about like <laughs> I was thinking young adult books where um, young adult books like re- recently consumed, I mean, from legend born. But there are clearly divisions within that. There are mm-hmm. even, I even try to think of something a little, a little bit happy. Red, white, red, white, royal blue. Mm-hmm. But there are divisions within that too, like. Well, yes, because it's set in American politics, so there's gotta be. There's gotta be. Part of it's just, I mean, part of it's just conflict, right? I mean, it's yeah, you need easy, conflict. It's somehow. an easy way to drum up conflict. Um, it's not the only way, but it's you know, it's an easy way. And maybe how much of it is an American thing, like an American literature thing, hmm. as opposed to I don't know. That's a good question. 
If you know, you should tell us. <laughs> okay, the, the award for the deepest question of the podcast goes to Lord Grant the Ish. The rest of it's all downhill from here. It's all gonna, it's gonna get diluted. Like slumber games. Hold on, go make popcorn. I'm ready for this. I'll be back. Just kidding. Downhill like that water that Katniss was looking for that had me parched. We'll wipe out that blood, Jen, later. Don't worry about killing Grant. <laughs> We are on camera. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a sip. Pretend I didn't hear anything. You know, it's funny. I thought about that. Are we? Then I realized we're down here. We are. Yes. We're not on camera to the viewers, but the security cameras do see us right now. That was something that was really interesting. Speaking of cameras, I I love how Katniss is fully aware that she's a part of a television show. Yes. But only once she's in the arena. arena. Like prior to then, she was, she's literally in the middle of an interview or about to go on for an interview and hey, Mitch has like wrung his hands dry. He's like, I can't do it. You're crazy. Senna's like, just try being yourself. And she's like, why would I do that? <laughs> Nobody likes me. Why would I yeah, do that? Right. And then she goes out there and even as she's like, just like in her head dialoguing back and forth between Caesar and herself, she's still having to remind herself like, oh yeah, I'm on a TV show, so people are going to think Even though there's an audience right there. And they're right there. But I think it's harder. Girl. It's it's weird, though, because like an interview setting and the setting of the arena are two very different circumstances. Like, the interview setting, you know, like, obviously you're not, you're also aware in the arena that you're on TV. Sure. But in an interview where you're sitting next to an interviewer and there's hundreds of thousands of people or whatever Mm -hmm. sitting around you and the big television cameras blinking down, you're hyped aware of what's going on and there's nowhere to hide in <coughs> the arena yeah. you are kind of aware that like there's a good chance of cameras on you at all times but you're maybe not the thing that's being broadcast into someone's home right now right like especially like i don't think they broadcast the tributes using the bathroom or anything like Probably that like, you're guaranteed a couple <laughs> moments of privacy at some time that we know Right. As far as I am aware, but I feel like that would come be up. adult fiction hunger game. I mean, unless, I mean, honestly, because some crazy things have happened in those games. Like when she starts talking about the different, when she always references other games that she's seen, you're like, oh my goodness. So there could have well been an arena in which someone peed on a, <laughs> yeah. on a tribute who ended up dying three days later because yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. one of those weird things. I don't know. I, when you were saying that there's probably not, and no one being recorded going to the bathroom, I immediately thought of like the stupid. I, I've watched segments of it, Naked and Afraid. Have you heard yes. of the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it in passing. It's a reality show where two, yes. two people are dropped in this remote area, sans clothing, oh. and they have to survive for 21 days. What? Yep. That's That's the gist. Um, Survivor without clothes. Okay. <laughs> like a friend and I even joke half-heartedly like about maybe signing up for it just for giggles. But then we really got like, no, we like toilet paper. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of gross, but TMI, sorry. Um, oh, my goodness. Just cut that out. Interesting. <laughs> so you didn't get very far. Who, how many of you? Okay. Who likes it? Does everyone? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we all it's like good. It? Yeah, yeah. No one walked away from it. Does anyone have any preference for the movie over the <laughs> book? Oh, this is so sticky. Okay, so 
To be fair, the movie does things well. In fact, you brought up the thing where like Caesar Flickerman is a, a voiceover about like discussing yes, the, the tracker jackers. Yes. So yeah. what I remember vividly from the first movie, that like the real only major change that I noticed, minus like certain characters not being included or whatever, mm-hmm. but like it felt like a very like strict textual adaptation. Minus the fact that Caesar Flickerman is the one to tell everyone what the Tracker Jackers are inside of Katniss's internal monologue. Because it'd be really weird to have an internal monologue from Katniss explaining what these bees are as she's, like, running desperately through the forest. It would be really random, yeah. Yeah. I, so, and I've, I said this to Andy earlier this week, and I was telling Aaron this mm-hmm. before we were, came up to report. The thing about the Hunger Games that differentiates the Hunger Games adaptation from the Harry Potter adaptation is that the Harry Potter adaptation was at all times extremely aware that despite how popular these books are, there are these because it's a movie, there are more people who are going to come in who've never picked up a book or the books and don't want to. So they had to feed you information the whole way that so that you understand the narrative that they're going for right. so that you could Why watch they really paired back a lot of stuff too. yeah so you could watch all eight of <sighs> those peeves. and have an obsession on the level of a book reader without ever having read the books right despite i mean there are other things that you're gonna miss but the, the arc is there the story is there the world is there the hunger games however and they're in my opinion they're stellar films but they did not adapt them well because there are certain, the world building in movie one makes absolutely no sense because they don't give you anything. Whereas in book one, because you're in Katniss's head, she's constantly feeding you the reasons for things. She's sort of shoring up your ignorance. And every time you try to sort of argue with the world building, there's an answer for it somewhere. Even if it's sort of a slightly illogical, slippery, like, oh, I see what you're doing here, fiction-wise. Like, really, 13 districts? Really? Really, North America? What happened to Mexico and Canada? I don't know. But the point the is... they got assimilated in. Lit. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> However, it's all functional. It all fits. Like, this person clearly lives here. She's studied the history. She's been a part of it. It works. In the movie... They don't give you anything. I wonder if that's because, like... But how would they? Yeah. I, I don't know. And that's... Yeah, yeah that's the question. Wonder- is that I don't know how yeah. they would provide you... Because that's the thing. is like, it's a movie. We kind of... Like, it would be a very different movie series with, like, Jennifer Lawrence narrating everything in the background as a voiceover. Yeah. That would be, that would be garbage. <laughs> I wonder if it was because, like, you said it was a very stricter, like, movie adaptation closer to the book. I wonder if it's because they wanted people who had read the book and they didn't really like go the Harry Potter route where like yeah, we're gonna constantly feed you information they kind of like made the first movie and they were like yeah we don't really like give to anything I mean, about that the, we'd even, rather just you read mm-hmm. the first book and come in and then you already know that world building that way yeah I mean even down to the selection of Jen- Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss had she not said yes, they would have had to go on looking somewhere else. But I very well imagine that um, because of her like first big success, which was the oh, what is that movie? Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone, which is set in Appalachia, like actual Appalachia. Yeah, like they had some background mm-hmm. for choosing Jennifer They literally Lawrence. like took one look at her and was like, Katniss, that works because Katniss is from future Appalachia. Yeah. Right. It just that's why she just sort of works. Um, there was that whole weird kerfuffle of people because people are stupid. Of people going, 
Oh my goodness, why would they cast a blonde? Here we go again. Blonde preference. And she literally went, guys, um, I was just in a movie where they turned my entire body blue. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they can dye my hair. That's not going to be a problem. <laughs> just like they had to bleach Josh Hutcherson's hair. <laughs> But wasn't he so good? He's so yeah. he's the he's precious. I, he's precious. I like him more. Like the more and more I see of him here and there. Like not that I've seen him recently. Yeah, no, he hasn't really. But like even him. rewatching the Hunger Games films, mm. like at the beginning, I'm like, I don't know if I liked him as Peta. But then mm. I kind of softened on him. It's it's a journey. Uh, yeah, it's a I, journey. It even shaped my w- initial dislike of him. Shaped how I felt about him in the book, because I saw the. Oh, there's movie no point first. in my life where I've ever disliked Peter Malone. Yeah, nope, never. Peter, Peter, Peter walked on like she said his name, and I was like, who? And then she described the situation with the Baker boy, and I was like, marry him, marry him, do it now. Like, I just lock that down. Well, I love him. Although I also just really love Gail. I do like Gail. I don't think he and Katniss... Nope. The way they're... Like, <laughs> at the beginning of book one, if nothing had ever happened to them, they could have had a good long-term relationship. If, do you think so? I Like, I feel like it would have been the standard... Like, yeah. if she had not been reaped, if Prim had not been reaped, yeah. they would have gone on and probably eventually gotten married. Right. Oh, I could see that. <laughs> Makes sense. But the second Prim's name get called and Katniss goes up there, they're done. That's over. Yeah. Because even at the end of the, the conclusion of the third book, like I mentally, I think I still wanted her to have ended up with Gail. But oh, oh, it made sense. Oh. Even then, even then, it made sense that she ended up with Peta. Now, that's something that, now, that, now there is something that I feel that the, the fourth Hunger Games movie, Mockingjay Part 2, did extraordinarily better than... Suzanne Collins had the space to do in her book Mm -hmm. because she has very her structure is very three act right I mean she's a slave to the three act structure and it's brilliant all the books are literally in three parts yeah right like I mean it's brilliant because one she comes from television so she just spent years doing that but two she does it I mean all three of those books are exactly yeah she has tight structure so it's 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 a master class um however (laughs) Some, where she failed, I think, in the end of Mockingjay is providing space for the audience to understand Katniss reaching for Peta. Whereas in the movie, they give you this whole series of reels where he wakes up in the middle, like they live in the same house, but they're in separate rooms because they're both too traumatized to look yes. at each other. And he wakes up one night and it is just screaming out of his mind and she hears it and runs down she's like just holding him and they're both like shaking then the same thing happens in reverse where it's her she wakes up and he's like is there for her like it shows you how these two uniquely traumatized people are able to see that within each other and be there and it's not an immediate Mm -hmm. like you know Harry loves Jenny. Let's get married, have some kids, and send them to Hogwarts. Kind of thing. It's, it's like <laughs> that a, was a call out. It's, but no, seriously. I mean, both yes. but both epilogues have that problem where it's like you don't get to see these uniquely traumatized kids mm-hmm. grow up and deal with what happened to them with each other. You just get an epilogue that says, "And 
they had children and the society may have gotten better. We don't really know. And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, I do what agree that, that? Like, when I was finishing Mockingjay this last time I was reading it, there was definitely, like, mention of, like, them working through their healing, them working on things. But I would have appreciated, like, that getting more fleshed out on the page. Mm-hmm. And, like, slightly less of, like, the sort of downtime between the end of the war and Katniss and Peeta finally reuniting in 12. Like, there's a lot of exploration of, like, Katniss's time on her own there. And, yes, we do need some of that healing, too. Like, I'm not saying don't show us any of that. We need to see Katniss healing on her own as well as Katniss healing with Peeta, because otherwise that gets some weird dynamics going right there. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But, like, there was so much of the Katniss and, like, not much of the Katniss and Peeta. And if we're going to resolve it that way, I think we need a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, you know... Is Peter the one that paints himself like a rock? Yes! <laughs> that is, is Peter. Oh, I love that moment. In both the book and the movie. That first, okay, in the cave in the arena. Mm. That is just like, because it's the first time that Katniss actually is listening to Peter. Because mm-hmm. b- before everything he says, she's like, he's got a strategy. He's trying. What's to he doing? Kill me. What is wrong with this man? He's too nice. His kindness will be the death of me. And you're like, girl, calm down. He loves you, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, right. he's over in the corner, just like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> right. Would you like some food? So it takes him like half dying in a cave for her to just be like. Oh, maybe he's not trying he's to not kill trying me. Trying to kill me, and like we're not quite star-crossed lovers yet, but I'll play that part up. But I think he actually really likes me. <laughs> like you're I think, like, and I might like him. <laughs> right? You're like, okay, girl. Kind of makes that scene on the, uh, the in the conclusion of the book where they they're on the train and it really hits them that mm. she was faking. Yeah. Oh God, rip my heart out. Why don't you? Oh, mm. like that's almost as bad as Rue. Um, Nothing is as bad as Rue. I said almost, almost. Except there's only one thing in all three books that rivals Rue. Uh-oh. And this is the one thing that if I ever get the chance, or just think of it, I will write the angriest, stormiest letter to Suzanne Collins about this. (laughs) Do we need the letter? Because there's legitimately no reason whatsoever to kill Prim. Done. No reason. None. It doesn't exist. You can't give me a plot reason, a character development reason. Everybody's already messed up. Yeah. Why does Prim have to die? Because sometimes random violence happens and you there's no explanation no. for it in life. You know life. who should have died? You know who should have died? Her mama. Period. Her okay. mother should have died instead of Prim. She could have dealt with that. They both could have dealt what with that. What did Prim together. really ever do to this story except give Katniss a... Prim was... I was hoping to get more of like a bulging eye reaction out of it. <laughs> She's the catalyst! Not only, yeah. But not only is she the catalyst, in Mockingjay, Prim keeps the like everything together. Yeah. yeah. Because she's a healer at that point. She's a functioning part of the government. Katniss has no idea how to do that. And Prim's the one... Prim is her senna in book three. She doesn't have him anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think... So she's able to be like, you know, maybe you should think about this before... Yeah. And also, I think it would have been very easy without Prim for Katniss to fully go down, like, the Gale revolutionary path mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. the ideals that we're fighting for are more important than the tactics that we're using, so it's fine if we're going underhanded. Yeah. I think Katniss having her little sister, her, like, the heart of her, really, yeah. as the reminder of, like, right... 
I'm fighting because I want the world to be a better place for Prim. I'm fighting to save, to save all of the little people, Prim and Rue and everyone who has died yeah. for terrible reasons in this story. Mm-hmm. And there's and that's you know I she does vote to have that last Hunger Games at the book in mem- in memory of Prim, but I feel like she could have gone further down that path had Prim not been there. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a really weird like. This is the part where I'm reading it and I, I'm aggravated that North America ever had to be mentioned. And here's why. Because the minute that you do that, I, a current member of the Society of North America, one of the societies of North America, have to ask certain questions like, why is there only one black district? Right. Where has racism gone? I'm sorry. Poverty, oh. <laughs> poverty don't get rid of racism. It, period. Um, where has religion gone? There are no more churches? She's coming from Appalachia. There are no churches? I, that, okay, sure. That makes sense, except that it doesn't. Like, I could understand there being no churches in the capital. Yep. It's Colorado. Um, <laughs> Wait, the capital's Colorado? It's in the Rockies. It's in the Rockies, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Which is not to say that y'all in Colorado are heathens. I'm just saying y'all ain't got as many churches as they My do. My brain is just going. I don't know where any of these places. Are. <laughs> yeah, no, the one of all the things we've said and like put out there in the world via this podcast, it's going to be that that's going to get our first hate email. <laughs> <laughs> you godless Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's things like that that are like. It's a cute concept. It's like, oh, yeah, 70 years in the future, North America, after all of these things that science tells us is going to happen if we don't take care of the planet, happens, and we're able to eke out some kind of existence. Also, technological advancement doesn't necessarily make sense in this society. I'm sorry. I understand that Appalachia's poor. Appalachia's poor right now. They don't live off of coal. They have iPhones. I don't understand. Like... Certain things don't make sense. Like, where did all the computer analysts go? Did they all end up living in the capital randomly? They're all in district. Or did it three. all? Or did all the like? But district three is the technology. It, I, I, I get it. I know. It's it's just. <laughs> I'm gonna say something inflammatory to you. Oh. You can't. Oh, it's hold fine. on. I'm ready. Still makes more sense than the divergent world building. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. What happened to Detroit? I want to know what happened to Detroit. No, in general, like in general. <laughs> with dystopias too like okay this is all of North America that has turned into Pan Am things are bad what's Europe doing are they just looking right. at us like what it's the so, hell is going exactly, on in America yes. like, that's the other thing that you think about international politics what they're waiting for the colonies to like completely destroy themselves and then yeah you're just in. watching this like okay this is fine right. we're gonna ignore all of this right it's like, <laughs> like, like is the queen still alive just watching yeah. the other games, like <laughs> Like, uh, cryogenically yeah. frozen body. She's got Hamish. She's, she flies Hamish over and makes him an OBE. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, you like know, that's the end of book two. Is the hover or the hovercraft that gets them out actually takes them all the way over to like France, and we just see what's going down. <laughs> but like, that's what you said with like them assimilating Canada and like Mexico in there too. You're like just like okay. Yeah, so what happened to them? What are they? What districts are they? Do we yeah, know? You know? And this is they, not because I know, but. We talked about the numbers. I think you and I just yeah. talked about like at any one time. Like there are, I know Virginia. You know, 
you're not a hugely populous state. That said, 8,000 people in 8, District 000. 12. Like, because she makes a comment, the whole of District 12 could fit in the plaza and like the 8,000 people, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, let's maybe assume that maybe like some illness. Well, I, I mean, there's no reference to some grand illness in I history. I thought they said they like dropped the nukes 74 years before the Hunger Games. The but that was on 13, place. wasn't it? I thought it was like in general. Because, yeah, okay, so they have been through a war, which is fair. And if you consider that it was a civil war, like our civil war, and you should do some math, right? But yeah, at the same time, following our civil war, the government was like, Gilded Age, even though nobody was having a Gilded Age, that's just what they decided <coughs> to call it. Because if you don't tell the country that we're going to move on and be prosperous, nobody moves on and is prosperous. <laughs> so, like, I... There's some logical fallacies here. The naming, the naming of the characters, I was like... Actually, that's kind of, that's funny I was, you said that, because I was thinking this would be a good little nugget to drop on the, because I've used names within the, um, within the, uh, the book to entice younger readers sometimes who might not otherwise pick up the book. Panem, does anyone know where it's from? Panem, it's their senses. They mentioned yeah. it in like book three. Oh, I can't remember. It's all Roman. But then you have names like uh, Katniss. I mean, it's it's based off that root plant, yeah. which is like arrowhead shaped. I mean, there are things like that. Gale. What is a gale wind? I mean, there are naming yeah, conveniences. <laughs> like, why is Rue named Rue? I mean, there's there's, yeah, like, there's a lot of like themed names in the districts, and then I think some of it too. I've seen pointed out online recently, much like Jennifer is like a corruption of Guinevere. What could PETA possibly be a corrupted 75 years later version of? <laughs> well, wow. Yeah. yeah right. but, um, and also, he's the bread kid. Yeah. It's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be a pun, man. I mean, the same with Hamish. Actually, I did hear that before, that like PETA is just a play on the PETA bread. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Hamish. Hamish. Uh, that's just <laughs> But again, how many Hamishes come from Virginia? For the audience, Please. and they like, just scrunch their nose and like, really? I just, I, that, and I, and a part of me is like, part of you just lets that go after a while, right? Because it's the story takes over you. It's well written. It's well constructed. Her dialogue proves her the television writer. Like you can see it all in her. That's some of the best dialogue I've read in fiction. Um, because we all know my complaints about dialogue in fiction. It's usually <laughs> terrible. Um, but mm. she's like nails it because, well, hey, she wrote for television. Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon, actually. Um, I think she also wrote episodes of Lizzie McGuire, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Maybe. Anyway, the point is like, it's good stuff, but once you start thinking about the world building from a logical perspective, I wish that she just had decided this is going to be a dystopian world that is not connected to our world. But maybe even an but alternate. But not a dystopia. Maybe even an alternate North America. Of course it would be a dystopia. It'd just be a dystopia of a different society. Dystopias are, the whole point of a dystopia is that you're like, here, this is what our society is going to turn into if we don't do something to stop it. That is literally the point. Okay, that's fair. However... I wish it would have been an alternate North America. It kind and of was an alternate North America. It, it is an alternate North America. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but it's a, it just it doesn't quite make the leap logically from even the North America that she 
was a part of when she was writing it, you know, 2005, six, seven. Mm-hmm. It's like, <clears throat> why? How did you get rid of all of these things that are core tenets of at least the United States, let alone Canada and Mexico? Like, there are the Mexicans, for example, <laughs> on either side of the border. <laughs> what happened to, like, it does, there's so much that I get once you're in the flow of the narrative, you don't really think about, you don't really care about. But then you actually turn your like turn it on and you're like, wait a minute, this is convenient. Where are these things that are normal? But I mean, can't you- like what person names their child Coriolanus? Seventy in the capital. Seventy-five years in the future. Okay, that's true. The capital has that's its the own. capital. The yeah. capital has its own weird logic, painting. And we can skin. even like there's also go- a Porsche, so I mean they're pulling the Latin names out. And if you even go back to the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is the prequel book. Even though the capital is suffering its own, you know, starvation and poverty to its own, you know, degree, mm-hmm. they're long established. So it's like they probably have this long history of, you know, grandeur. And so, like, we know 74, you know, 70, 74 years worth of Hunger Games, but I want to know 70 years before that. I want to know 150 years before that. Like, when were these nukes dropped? When. What's why the did the Panam, why did the capital come to be located on top of a mountain? Like, I mean, yeah, like Those I want to know questions. more than just. Yeah, because it's sort of easy. Like, there's a, par- a paragraph where she sort of just in the early in the first book where she sort of describes like after a series of earthquakes and tsunamis and like all these different natural disasters that occur because global warming. Um, it's what's global warming? Save the Get planet. It. Climate change. Um, anyway, all of that happens, right? Like it's because that's what a dystopian is, is taking what we know now, yeah. thank you, um, and saying this is what happens when we ignore science. But also, the mountains somehow survived? Did they rebuild the Rockies? Like Appalachia is a mountain range. Like, I don't see this making much sense, but okay, it's fine. I mean, you know, you have to just sort of take the leap. It's fine. I'm okay with taking the leap because they're well-written and you just go there. But viewing it critically, you're just like, this world building is convenient. All right, that's As fine. is all world building? No. On some level. It, there's always a little bit of there's always a little bit of like there's a degree of fudging it right like yeah. obviously but this is more than just a degree of but like it's like oh this is just a skosh too far more than a skosh too far this actually does not hold up to any kind of logic it's fine the story works mm-hmm. does it have to hold up to logic no but it, listen <laughs> That is not the point. I don't know if anybody could hear that. I, 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 <laughs> Apparently could. you couldn't hear it in the movie either. Yeah. Oh, nice. I could. Uh, at least you could. Um, okay, dear audiences, we have to wrap this up. But to everyone here, we forgot what we're reading now. I was wondering if we were going to get to that. Oh, I was wondering. I think it's just because we jumped right into we it. We did. Just no, like, it was, oh, there was a good firing right off into the, the, the topic. Um, what? <laughs> What are you reading, Anthony? What am I reading? Yeah. Ah, what am I reading? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, time out. 
Okay, I'll take it from you while you're thinking. Yes. Okay, I'm currently reading Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. I'm listening to the audiobook, which has like a dream team of audiobook narrators. I mean, Alan Corduner, Bonnie Turpin, Dion Graham, Fiona Hardingham, and a couple people that I, I can't remember the names right off, but they're doing very well, so I'm going to start paying pay more attention to them. I'm also reading, just because I love the title, A Boob's Life. How America's Yay! obsession shaped me and you. <laughs> I'm so happy you're reading that. And I'm also reading The Rose That Grew From Concrete by Tupac Shakur. Yes. So, National um, Poetry Month. Yes, <laughs> National Poetry Month. Thank you, Jed. <laughs> Dear Lord Ish, what are you reading? I read what I am bidden to read. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm almost done with uh, um, Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemison, and I have The Broken Kingdoms on its ways on its way. Um, Good. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm reading. It's I'm really it's really cool. It's yeah. really cool, guys. It's so good. <laughs> okay, I am currently technically rereading. The Chilbury Ladies Choir by Jennifer Ryan, except I haven't read it in probably like five or six years, so I'm basically reading it again for the first time because I don't remember any of the plot. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I like when that happens. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Ah, what are you reading? My first, uh, it's uh, Here in the Real World. It's from uh, the uh, YSD. Uh, oh. It's by Penny Packer. Sarah Penny Sarah Packer. Sarah Penny Packer. Oh, oh. Yeah. So basically, it's like. Uh, a kid, he just kind of wants to be alone and he just wants to like be a knight, medieval knight and all that stuff. But his parents are like, you're going to get some social interaction and oh. sends him off to summer camp. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. And then he meets like this girl who's uh, planting a garden in like a church that's like an abandoned oh. church. Oh. And they both start kind of becoming friends and they like take this little like abandoned church as like their solace away from like the wreck summer camp because they don't want to go to summer camp. Mm. And then um, I guess some stuff happens. I'm not that far in yet, but some stuff happens and it kind of like threatens on their little like sanctuary. And so he's like, what would a knight do in this situation? And <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. Nice. And then, because everyone always asks what I'm playing. I'm playing, uh, uh, what is it called? Field of Snow. It's like a oh. weird, like, Minecrafty, but, like, not Minecrafty thing. Where, oh. like, you can go, like, build stuff. But it's very isometric, and it's cute. It's, like, $3 on Steam. So, hmm. you know. Cute. Okay, so, actually. Uh, <laughs> what are you reading? I'm rereading <laughs> Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Ooh. Um, which is really, I love that book anyway, but it's so much better when you know what he's actually pulling off. Um, and then I hopefully this weekend will start It by Stephen King Ooh. because I want Ooh. a big fat book that I can lose myself in. Um, you want to lose yourself in that world specifically? We'll yeah. see you in three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really interested. I just, I, it's my, my second Stephen King novel, um, so we'll see. What I think, hopefully, I don't know. What was the first one? Uh, the first Dark Tower book, The Gunslinger. This was a That's decade a hard ago. One. It was painful. The story was good. Um, it was, you know, Chaucer on a diet, but that's fine. Um, it gets better. I've heard, yeah. I, so I want to go back and read the whole. I'll get there. You know. Yeah. Now, I know we're a little over time, but we're going to go ahead with it anyway, and we'll cut off the recording at some point in the next minute or two or three. 
Peter, Smack. Katniss Gill. Peter. Say Kat- again. Peter, Katniss Gill. Go. You kill Gail. Exactly. You snog Katniss. Yes. You marry Peter. Yeah. Exactly. That's the story. That's in the story. That's, that's, the story. that's yeah. it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. There is no alternative option for no, this. No, not at all. Okay, yeah. for sake, because that was a little too easy. I feel like <laughs> I would agree with you. How about I'm gonna throw another one, a wild card out there: President Snow, Alma Coyne, or Plutarch Heavensby? Just oh god. Okay, first of all, you gotta kill President Snow. You gotta kill President Snow. Well, period. Yeah. You have to marry Plutarch. Yes, because he is just fun. He's fun, and I feel like he's possibly like the most trustworthy person of your options. There, yeah, not that that's saying a lot. He'll keep all your but... secrets. <laughs> he might keep some yes. of his yeah. secrets yeah. too. But and I guess you gotta make out with Alma Coin, but you maybe have to have like a cyanide pill under your tongue or something to slip into hers. Actually, actually, I'm gonna flip the kill snog. You kill Alma Coin because she's nuts. But think how like Snow think is how decomposing his mouth has yeah, to be. Yeah, like <laughs> That's okay. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. It doesn't have to be a long snog, and you put him right back in jail where he belongs. Because containing him in jail is a good thing. He's like the Fire Lord. You don't take his life. You just take his power. Alma is Azula. Bye. Use the icicles and do some things across the throat. Like get rid of that girl because she's crazy. And then one more for y'all. Oh. Hey, Mitch, Effie, or Cinna? Ah! You marry Cinna. Period. Period. That's fair. Period. But there could be a snog factor with Cinna. No, that's with Haymitch. He's really drunk. All the time. And the reason that you kill Effie is just because, ugh. But would it be kinder to have... just kill Haymitch? Like, I love him, but that oh, man's that's messed up. Oh, that's true. It would be like, kinder Would it just be him. a mercy? Yeah. Like, would he even maybe want you to? Because, like, yeah. that man's been an alcoholic for 25 years. <laughs> this is his coping mechanism. So, I yeah. mean. I would say, yeah, you, you kill. So, you kill Hamish, hey, you snog Effie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you marry, you marry Sana. I'm just saying, Effie's one of those people, if you, like, the amount of talking you have to do just to get to the snog. Yeah. Can We're we just throw it out there, too? Like, Lenny Kravitz was probably one of my favorite castings of the entire thing. Like, I'm a very heterosexual male. As, at, at the same time, I'm like, damn. Yeah, but he's Lenny Kravitz. Damn, that's a, Lenny. <laughs> he's Lenny Kravitz. Like, Lenny Kravitz has felled the heterosexuals for decades because that's what he does. <laughs> I feel like he, he's the kind of person who walks into, like, a building and, like, crowds swoon just in mass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's you know. literally the point. Oh, my God. I want to tag... Stay for the end, Lanny baby. Stay for the end. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Lenny. Lenny Kravitz. I was actually, I loved his. I loved when they cast him anyway because I was like, good. You understand that Cinna should be black. Thank you. Second, you understand that Cinna should be hot. Thank you. Yes. But I didn't expect That's him really to... the only two things you need. But I didn't actually expect him to be a good actor until my mom was like, yeah, but look at who his daughter is and his ex-wife. And I was like, you're not wrong. I forgot about that. And she's like, yeah, he'll be fine. And I was like, more than fine. He was amazing. Oh, he's so good. I think that was one of the worst to watch deaths. And oh. really didn't seem to physically die. Just, you know he is going to die. But like, that was like the moment like... Okay, yeah, I'm gonna get off one. I'm gonna go here, he went.